Welcome, everybody, to the Leftover Pizza Podcast. As per usual, I am Grimy, and I'm sitting here with my homie, Derek. What's up? The pollen is kicking my ass a little bit right now, because spring has sprung, but uh, other than that, it was a little warm today. You get out and uh, do anything fun in this nice weather we've been having for literally one day? Unfortunately, I did not today. Uh, Yesterday, it was Saturday. We went to the first... Flea market of the season. Find anything good over at the first flea market of the season? Um, yeah, I did find a couple of good things. I might actually write about it for the It's Dem Boys website, so uh, if you're interested in reading some shit, go over there and read it. You'll love it. I did find some pretty good stuff. Um, found a couple of toys, a couple of VHS tapes, uh, I'm trying to think of what else, a couple of Happy Meal toys too. Just uh, some, hmm. you know, junk that I probably don't need but wanted. Eh, well, such is the uh, life of a collector, always buying crap that you probably don't need. But man, it's so cool, and it was so cheap. <laughs> right, who's to say that like a VHS tape that was a whole 50 cents wouldn't look good on the shelf next to other VHSs that probably cost around 50 cents? That will never be touched again and never watched because you can't touch it and you can't watch it if you're collecting it. Right. Do you also have watching tapes and looking tapes, you know? It's kind of like having decorative hand towels and actual hand towels that you use. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad that you said that because, man, that's been such a theme in my life and I hate it. Don't use that yeah. towel. You can't get that towel dirty. Then why is that's it up? a nice towel. Why do we yeah. have it? That's for guests. Yeah, totally. It's for guests. Well, no, that's stupid. <laughs> guests don't need a towel. I need a towel right now. I got to wipe this snot off my hand. <laughs> So it's not quite summer yet. It's still kind of, you know, hit and miss when it comes to the weather. There is one thing, however, that we can absolutely enjoy right now if we wanted to, and that is going to the drive-in. Oh, yeah. Okay, I guess that works. I was going to say power washing, but, you know, drive-ins is like- Yeah, power washing. You know, get out the power washer and you start obliterating some beehives- (laughs) <laughs> you know, some algae off the side of your house. I mean, drive-ins are no power washing, but it'll work for us, I guess. First off, I, I want to know, have you ever been to a drive-in? <sighs> Not only have I been to a drive-in. No, I made a drive-in of my own a couple years ago. And in, in COVID, I know, like, everybody and their brother, that was the one thing that we could all collectively do. So, like, oh, fuck drive-ins yeah. were packed for the first time since, like, the 1960s. And I was so annoyed because I was like, you people have been letting drive-ins languish for years. So I got really mad and we already had a projector. So I went on eBay and for like 30 bucks, I bought this FM transmitter. So I plugged the DVD player that we use with the projector into the FM transmitter. And then we parked our cars in the driveway with the screen in front of us. And you could turn your radio to the actual radio station oh, that it was yeah. transmitting and listen to the movies that's, like a proper drive-in. So That's fucking sick. So, yes. I'm proud of you. Thank you. To answer your question, I love a drive-in, Grimy. And I feel like we need to go more often. I wish they would show more things more often at drive-ins. I've never went to a drive-in. Oh, are you kidding me? <laughs> no, is... no, I'm not kidding you. Not even a little bit. Uh, oh I was told God. at one point in time I went when I was a wee tyke and I fell asleep through the entire movie. That's my drive-in experience. So uh, hopefully tonight I can kind of like redeem myself a little bit in this metaphorical drive-in that we're going to be venturing into. And not yes. just any drive-in. This is a drive-in in the 80s. Neither of us were alive in the 80s. We didn't get to experience that. So 
True. This is us vicariously living through your memories. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I think this makes sense because a drive-in by nature, at least to us here on the East Coast, is a seasonal thing, right? So we can't go absolutely. in the cold weather. We can only go in, in the summer months. And to me, I'm very uh, picky and choosy about what I'll watch during what season. So every movie that we ended up picking that we would show at our metaphorical 80s drive-in just so happened to be 80s in nature because it's a summer movie. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I, it makes sense to me. It makes sense to you. Let me try to rephrase that because I think that sounded really stupid to people listening at home. <laughs> <laughs> For whatever reason, when I was growing up, the movies that I would watch in the summer months almost always happened to be 80s movies. I think that makes more sense. I think I said that a little bit better this time. Yeah. So even if we weren't traveling back in time to the 80s tonight, we would be watching 80s movies anyways because that's just a perfect marriage. It's the peanut butter to the chocolate, the 80s movies to the drive-ins, if you will. <laughs> it's the uh, spaghetti and lamb chops. Uh, what you don't like lamb chops tuna fish (laughs) listen listen i will say (laughs) it was tough not being able to throw big daddy onto one of those screens but uh, honorable mention big daddy there are plenty of movies i wanted to stick on this one but uh none of them would have worked i don't think so uh without anything further you feel like getting into this yeah no i think it's about time to start jumping in and talking about what movies we'd show at our little 80s drive-in four picks each eight two screens total. two screens each two screens we're gonna have a an adult screen and a children's screen family children's because i feel like that's kind of standard at drive-ins Aside for the families, aside for the teenagers who just want to make out and ignore what's on the screen. So two double features per person, eight movies total. I'm ready to jump in whenever you are. Since you went first last time, I guess I'll just do the honorable thing. Go first this time. You're so sweet. Right? Can I tell you about the pool here? For Daniel LaRusso. Is this the only pool you guys got? The future seemed far from terrific. This place is a dump. You should go back to New Jersey. Hey, I know it's hard, but... We're not quitters, are we? Until he met the hey, right girl. Yeah, she's beautiful. I say she's beautiful. I think she's beautiful. All right, Derek. So I'm going to start with the family-friendly screening first. And disclaimer, I steal all of my movie descriptions from IMDb and Wiki and all that stuff. So if it sounds like I'm reading something from there, that's probably why. No, okay, fair, fair. So this first one is the, uh, the Karate Kid. If you haven't seen The Karate Kid before, you need to see it right away. It's one of the best, in my opinion, one of the best summer 80s films. So, The Karate Kid is a martial arts romantic drama film directed by John G. Avildsen and written by Robert Mark Kamen, starring Ralph Maggio as Daniel LaRusso, Noriyuki Morita as Mr. Miyagi, and Elizabeth Shue as Ali Mills. So... Daniel is new in Los Angeles and is getting picked on by the local bullies who all happen to practice karate. Could you imagine being picked (laughs) on a bunch of people and it's just like they all are like black belts in karate? (laughs) Yeah, it's not. I don't think it's very realistic, but uh, I suppose that's part of its charm. Yeah. So 
Determined to stick up for himself, Daniel begins to teach himself karate, only to discover that the caretaker of his new apartment building seems to be a grandmaster in karate himself. Agreeing to teach Daniel, Mr. Miyagi shows him that there is more to karate than violence, and perhaps the best way to solve the problem with the bullies is in the All-Valley Karate Championship Tournament. <laughs> well... What luck. You move cross-country and yeah. you post up. You're getting picked on by a bunch of karate kids. And then all of a sudden, yeah. the super in your building's like, I'll teach you. I'll teach you how to kick those kids' ass. I'll teach you right now. <laughs> He's like, hey, you listen. I got you. Just wash my cars. <laughs> Build my decks. Build Wax my, <laughs> my vehicles, okay? Yeah. And pretty soon... Well, I'll have a bunch of free labor, but you won't get your ass kicked as bad as you were going to get your ass kicked. Today's day is the sweatshop. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mr. Miyagi, I don't know about this. Hey, oh, whoa, hey. <laughs> I love this movie. You ever notice how Brooklyn, New York, Ralph Macchio was? I mean, with a name like Ralph Macchio, like he had to be. Oh, yeah. But, yep. man, that's part of the charm of this movie. He's just He, he sounds like friggin... Tony Soprano, but he's just, just like a little scrawny kid. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. So, I don't know about you, but me, I was a nut for martial arts movies as a kid. I mean, I you all know that I like the TMNT. Oh, uh, uh, true. This was kind of right up my alley, and it's, it's still one of my favorite movies to watch. Uh, it's insane to think that even today, The Karate Kid is still pretty relevant with that uh that netflix series that started out on youtube and then netflix kind of took it under its wing yeah i'm glad that you corrected yourself because i was gonna say uh excuse me it was a no, youtube no, no, yeah. red series grimy <laughs> yeah 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 that's that's crazy that cobra kai has gotten as long of a wind uh, as it has i thought that was going to be a one and done and they're on season oh. like five right now or something like totally. that totally yeah, yeah i agree uh, it's really cool to see that all these actors are still kind of at it with this yeah. kind of stuff like they're yeah. still uh good enough to be in these i don't know this this show i guess like they're not super overweight and ready to die or anything <laughs> i'm sure they were but then they got that netflix right. money offered and they said well <laughs> maybe i'll put down a couple of these quarter pounders mm -hmm. <laughs> so the movie is set in los angeles so you already know that it's going to be beachy as hell danny meets his bullies at night while they're riding dirt bikes on the beach yeah, yeah. Where he gets the snot kicked out of him. The snot kicked out. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I love that about an 80s movie, by the way. They're always riding. There's always like a gang of kids. It's always the bullies. Oh, yeah. and they're always riding like dirt bikes, you yep. know, be it them on, or like. like a beach. Yeah, or on a beach. And it's like, why did everybody have dirt bikes back then, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's there's a lot of other really weird beachy moments, too. Uh, there's a, a spot where Danny strengthens up his stances in the uh, the crashing waves of the ocean. Uh, then in the same spot, he gets on top of this boat and has to learn balance. And he's just like balancing on this rickety boat's edges while Miyagi's like giving him basically like earthquake tests. Then there's the spot where, oh, what's his name? Mr. Miyagi is just like doing the crane scene you know what i'm talking about right yeah, i know what you're talking on top about. of that little post yeah i found myself doing that quite a bit as a kid that pose right yeah. anytime that i was standing on like my couch when i shouldn't have been i was doing that and pr pretending that i was on a beach in socal you know it's right? sunset yeah. and here's five-year-old derek standing on his couch but really i'm mentally on a mm -hmm. beach in socal i got the crane stance going i'm trying to jump i have horrible balance by the way 
And I did when I was oh, a same. kid, too. So I was just falling off the couch like four or five times a day. My mom was <laughs> like, what the hell is that kid doing? Is he watching the Karate Kid again? Right. And that that's kind of iconic, too. Like, when you do that little stance, no matter what you're doing, everyone immediately thinks Karate Kid, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it was used on, like, all kinds of promotional artwork, all kinds of stuff. I mean, you see that. It's Karate Kid. Oh, absolutely. Another thing I want to speak about is the soundtrack. They have all kinds of good beachy songs to go on the soundtrack, like Bop Bop on the Beach, You're the Best, Feel the Night, and we can't forget Cruel Summer. One of the best summer songs there is. Oh, I didn't realize Cruel Summer was in that movie. Oh, yeah. I remember You're the Best, because, man, You're the Best. What a song. Yeah. But, yeah, I forgot about that. Wow. Iconic, yeah. I watched that movie so much when I was a kid, and yeah, you're you're totally right. Perfect, perfect summer movie for sure. Mm-hmm. So I want to mention a couple of little trivia points here. Ralph Maggio and many other people thought that the name Karate Kid was cheesy and hokey. Which you know what? Now that you like, when you really sit and look at it, I kind of agree. Like I get it, but at the same time, this is like one of the quintessential martial arts films. So it's like you can call it that. Nobody else has really done it. True. Yet. He's the Karate Kid. Yeah. Now, I think that it was cheesy and hokey when they called it the same title, the Jaden Smith one. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. From a few years ago. Uh, Boy, but we don't talk about that. Mm -hmm. I was worried for a second, Grammy. I thought you were picking the Jaden Smith one. And I was- Uh, Absolutely not. About to quit this podcast on you, but uh, you redeemed yourself. (laughs) That wouldn't have been very 80s of me. (laughs) It wouldn't have been very 80s of you, yeah. Right. Uh, I noticed it was kind of a trend, though, too, to do The Whatever Kid. There's also a movie called The Skateboard Kid. I've never heard of The Skateboard really? Kid. Really? Oh, it's horrible, hmm. but horrible in all the best ways. Interesting. Yeah, more recently I've heard of Turbo Kid, but that's the only one Turbo that comes kid. to my mind. Right. Another interesting fact, in countries where karate has bad connotation, the film was named The Moment of Truth. Okay, I, I kind of <laughs> like that. I, I mean... I guess it fits, although I, well, uh, not really. The Karate Kid's a way cooler title. Can you guess what the the second and third movie were called? The Moment of Truth 2 and 3? <laughs> <laughs> Multiple Moments of Truth, huh? All of the Moments of Truth. Uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> and then our, uh, our last trivia here. Ralph Maggio still has the headband that he wore in the movie and claims one time when he opened it, moths came out. He also has the All Valley Karate Trophy featured in the film. Well, yeah, I would take that. Too. I don't understand, dude, how people can do movies and not try to steal literally everything off the set when the movie wraps. You know? Oh, my even... God. I would be stealing everything. <laughs> even if it turns into that, wow, what was that movie called? That John Travolta one, Battlefield Battlefield Earth from back in the oh, 90s. Yeah. Even if it was something mm-hmm. as terrible as Battlefield Earth, I'd be stealing everything off that set. I'd be like, well, you never know. One day yeah. I might be able to brag about Battlefield Earth, you know? I played in this movie. This is mine. This is mine now. You don't get to keep it. <laughs> you can call me if you need it again, but you can borrow it. <laughs> I'm setting booty traps. You mean booby traps. That's what I said, booby traps. I want to go home. Don't say that. Goonies never say die. All right, Grammy. I like the Karate Kid. Good pick. Solid start. You know what my uh, start here for our family side, my family side is going to be? What's your starting pick? Let's hear it. Never say die. 
Goonies never Goonies say never die. Never say die. Never say die. Hey, you guys. Yes. Do the truffle shuffle. Oh my god. Are you well, okay. Before I get into it, I will say as a quick aside, I've never been a thin person and I am really not even embarrassed to admit, just annoyed to admit that yes, as a chubby person in the wake the the years after the Goonies, you are asked to do the truffle shuffle by your friends and fuck those guys. Yeah, you know? fuck them. Also, <laughs> kind of funny though. I, I'm not going to fault them. It's kind of funny, okay? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, The Goonies, 1985. That is my first pick. We're starting off with a bang on the uh, family side over here. Hell yeah. I, I think everybody already knows what The Goonies is all about, but I'll read this quick quick little descriptor in case you're somehow in the dark about what The Goonies is all about. Dude, there uh, are people who have never watched The Goonies, and it's fucking scary. That is scary. That is scary. Those people turn into Ted Bundy, probably. You know, I'm no yeah, expert, my, but they probably end up as serial killers or something. All right. Yeah. My girlfriend. Yep. Oh, you watch <laughs> your back, boy. Sleep with Ted one Bundy. eye open. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So a group of young misfits called the Goonies discover an ancient map and set out on an adventure to find a legendary pirate's long lost treasure. That was a quick, quick blurb from IMDb. And I am just going to say straight up, I'm annoyed that they said a legendary pirate Instead of using his full name, One-Eyed Willie, okay, yeah. it's kind of disrespectful uh, a little bit. It is. But, a little bit disrespectful, but uh, yeah, I mean, what to say about The Goonies? I think it's just, it's like a perfect coming-of-age film, and the summer vibes here are just, uh, chef's kiss, oh, yeah. excellent. Oh, yeah, just oozing. Doesn't I mean, get you, better you start than the movie. You start the movie, and it's just Cindy Lauper. Ugh. The Cindy Lauper so song, by the way, I think I read years ago the song Goonies, The Goonies Are Good Enough, and it's like an R, like Toys R Us. Uh, yeah. I think that was kind of hard to come by that song for a while because either she didn't like it or the, there was an issue with the record label not wanting to release it, something. But hmm. all I know is that now it's on uh, streaming services and you can find it pretty easily. So that's a big win for all of us because. Even if you've never seen The Goonies or somehow don't like The Goonies, that song is an absolute 10 out of 10 banger and perfect for any summer playlist, uh, which we might be talking about sometime soon. <laughs> See? Oh, oh, hint, hint, hint. Hint, hint. Uh, but anyways, I got this uh, VHS tape when I was very young. We've got a place around here. It's called BJ's. It's it's a wholesale club. It's, it's like a Costco type of a deal. Oh, okay. So they used to have, you know, media sections where everything was like discounted if, you know, opposed to something like a Best Buy or uh, Media Play or Strawberry, something like that. So you could get the the tapes and later the DVDs and then later the Blu-rays cheaper in theory than if you went to a store and bought it new. So, you know, my parents, they grew up in like the 70s and 80s and they love movies. So they saw... The Goonies, and again, I was probably five or six, and they bought me a copy of The Goonies because they're like, you're going to love this movie. I'll tell you what, they were not wrong. This was one of my big uh, movies in rotation, along with The Karate Kid. I get The Karate Kid one Christmas, and I loved The Karate Kid too. But man, I watched the crap out of The Goonies when I was young. So I think it's perfect for families and for young kids because it's got like really great, a uh, really great sense of adventure. And, and scale and it just like does everything that you want as a kid 
to to like you you know you want to have an adventure when you're a kid and this movie kind of gives that to you in an hour and a half like the perfect adventure right oh yeah sure and when i was a kid uh i had this lego set that was a pirate ship i used to reenact the goonies all the fucking time on this thing it was a dream come true Oh, absolutely. I could totally say it. I'm glad that you brought that up because I thought I was the only person who would have, like, play Goonies, if you will. You know? Oh, no. No way. I, there has to be an entire generation of kids that pretended they were Goonies in their backyard. I could see that. I just, from my, my group of friends, because I think I was, you know, right. definitely not the age. That, like, it was a, a one generation behind me is when the Goonies came out, right? So, right. kids mm-hmm. probably 10 years older than me. That was their movie. They saw it in theaters. It was new. So... For my for my group of kids, I was probably the only one doing it. But we um we live in the woods, my parents. So when I was a kid, I'd love to try to walk around the woods. And there's all these like big granite rocks, and it always looks like there could be a cave or something around <laughs> here. So in the back of my mind, I was always like, man, I'm gonna find a cave, and I'm gonna follow that cave all the way down because you never know there could be a friggin' pirate ship in my backyard. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. So yeah, that was always like a dream of mine. Uh, not just finding a pirate ship, but towards the end of the movie, right before they find the pirate ship, they go through the whole maze and and Willie's traps and everything. And once they pass all that, they go down those water slides. Uh, the oh, the yeah. whole gang of the Goonies. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. I would watch that part over and over again because I was like, man, imagine if those existed. If those water slides were real and we could go down those and then drop like thirty feet into the water, that would be incredible. Mm-hmm. You know, there's one part in the movie where they're uh, they're at the the skeleton keyboard thing. You remember? Oh yeah, yeah. Where they're like playing the piano on the skeleton keys. Yep. I just remember seeing that part and thinking how fucked I would be because I don't know how to read music. <laughs> Dude, so I, you know, I learned music when I was in middle school and high school. I played the guitar. Eventually, I learned how to play the piano. And that scene always popped into my head because the better I get at piano, I was always like, well, if I was in the Goonies right now, I'd probably be doing pretty good. We, we yep, wouldn't, wouldn't be, plummet to my death. <laughs> yeah, we wouldn't be having this issue right now. I can't say that much this at, at this moment in time. I've definitely forgotten all of my sight reading so we'd probably die now but when i was like 17 (laughs) we would have been good if you were with me no problem piece of cake um yeah so i don't know i keep going back to the pirate ship um fun fact that was real so they really built a big ass pirate ship for that movie oh no shit yeah and i guess again this goes back to what we were saying about the last movie if i was on a movie i'd take anything and everything the production crew was offering up this ship to people after the movie. Like, take wow. a full ship. You can have it. And nobody wanted it because it was a full fucking pirate ship. So, I mean, uh, I guess where do you put it? I in guess, but I mean, if you're working in movies, you probably have a beachfront property somewhere. Just park it out back on the beach, dude. <laughs> True. Um. So, yeah, most of the ship was scrapped, but I did find out that the ship's rigging uh, they recycled it, and it's actually in Pirates of the Caribbean over at Disneyland. So That makes sense. I have been to Disneyland only once, but I didn't realize it. I, at one point, was looking at a set piece, or I probably, I don't know if it still exists there. I would assume that it does. But yeah, I was probably looking in person at a set piece from the Goonies, or at least part of it. 
So that was kind of cool. That's dope. Did you ever watch the the uh, the Kraken deleted scene? I don't believe I have. Dude, please look it up real quick. The Kraken oh my deleted God. scene. So it's a giant octopus. If anyone doesn't know what a Kraken is, um, oh. yeah, there is okay. totally a giant octopus attack in the movie. Um, I saw this a long, long time ago. Now, I'm, I'm granted, I am familiar with the Goonies at this point. I've watched the movie over and over again. I watched it on one of them. I don't remember. Maybe it was Turner Classic Movies or like AMC's. I don't know something. Yeah. And this part came on, and I was like, "What? This doesn't happen. Like this doesn't happen in a movie." But for some reason, there was a giant octopus scene in this movie, and it turns out it was a deleted scene. And sometimes when they show it on TV, they air that deleted scene. Oh my god! Okay, let me check this out. Holy shit! Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh my god! Ew! Oh, there he is. Data coming to save the day, as always. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. What? Right? The Goonies was almost a creature feature in addition to being one of the greatest action-adventure movies Tell of all time? Tell me about it. Holy about crap. It. And here I was thinking that the best part of the movie was when Chunk is uh, stuck in the freezer with the dead guy. But, man, we could have almost had... <laughs> fucking Jaws 2 here. <laughs> yeah. As an inventor, Wayne Zielinski was used to striking out. Come on. Drink. But now, it's a whole new ball game. The machine works. Do the kids know? Alright, man. My next pick is the one and only Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Great, great pick. Great movie. I feel like someone to make this movie, I feel like someone just took their, their kid out in the backyard and just told him to play out in the sprinkler and play with the ants. And they gave him like an oatmeal cream pie. And they were like, just just go out and play. Come back and tell me what happened. Okay. And then they just like made the movie from there. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Right. I'm <clears throat> I'm going to dip back into Disney again here for a, for a minute. But uh, Disney in Florida at the Hollywood Studios, for a long time, they had a Playland that was based off of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. So I think that theory holds water because it was designed with slides and jungle gyms and whatever and just giant ants and giant leaves and whatever. So it kind of gave you a sense of what it would be like in the actual movie and what it would be like to like play around in the backyard. So I I think that makes sense. I I, I get what you're saying. So anyone who hasn't seen the film – Here's a uh, a quick description. A comic science fiction film starring Rick Moranis, Matt Frewer, Marcia Strassman, and Christine Sutherland. In the film, a struggling inventor, Wayne Zielinski, accidentally shrinks his kids, along with the neighborhood kids, down to the size of a quarter inch. After being accidentally thrown out with the trash, they must work together and venture their way back through a backyard wilderness filled with dangerous insects and man-made hazards. Yep, that's it. That's, <laughs> that's, that's exactly what happens. <laughs> so my favorite parts, definitely have to mention the giant cookie scene. I lived for this scene every time I saw it. I could only 
dream of giant oatmeal cream pies. And it's this movie just, oh my God, it's just beautiful. Uh, I actually had an oatmeal cream pie just the other day for the first time in like years. Did you know that they make double stuff ones specifically for vending machines? I did not know that, but man, that makes, yeah. that should just be the standard, the de facto. Everything should be double yeah. stuff. Why are we fucking around well, with single stuff? Right, yeah. So it's 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 a double decker, I guess. I have to rephrase that. It's a, a double, double decker, decker sandwich, but yeah, wow. yeah. Holy it's like cow. the Big Mac of oatmeal cream pies. So that kind of brings me to the, my next favorite scene is where they're meeting the ant. He's on top of the cookie just kind of getting some food, and they take it upon themselves to wrestle him down. They're like jumping on him like he's a, a mechanical bull, and they're like getting thrown off, and they end up being friends with this thing towards the uh the end of this fight and then there's the the sad scene where he dies mm. really really stressful scene <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of stress in our lives as child uh, children yeah. you know i don't think kids yeah. these days have as much stress when they're watching movies and it's a shame that's why we all right. developed anxiety disorders and we're well yep. i was gonna say we're better for it but i don't know about that <laughs> i don't know about better but we definitely are all like alive uh, Probably still battling with PTSD. Yeah, we are existing. With yeah. that is something that we I can say. <laughs> and then there's the the sprinkler scene, where uh, Zelensky is looking around through the yard with stilts on for his kids, and he accidentally turns on the water, and that triggers the uh, the sprinkler. And like all the you know, to a regular person, it's just a sprinkler. But when you're right. shrunk down fourth inch, these water bombs are basically like giant fucking grenades of water just splashing out you could probably kill you if you got hit with them oh for sure and this brings me to our trivia in an early version of the film there was originally supposed to be five kids and one of them was supposed to die in the sprinkler scene <laughs> oh wow could you imagine how fucked up of a movie that would have made that like even worse than just the ant dying I, I have to imagine that was Rick Moranis pushing for that, because he just seemed like the type of guy to push for edgy comedy, you know? Like, Disney yeah, had no plans right. to kill a kid, and Rick Moranis is like, no, no, I think it would be good. Teach kids about death, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, not good, like yeah. this, Rick. <laughs> Look, after I read that, I can't tell you how awful I felt. Like, I'm just like, so this kid dies, his miniature dead carcasses in the backyard somewhere and we're just like we're happy because we got the other four anyway dude imagine if if that actually played out and then at the end they had to grow his dead corpse to the to real actual size <laughs> oh man what a grim scene that would be just all blue they and bloated blow him up oh god that could have been even worse if it was a sequel honey i blew up the kid Honey, yeah. I blew up the corpse. Just giant rotting corpse in the backyard, you know? Honey, I blew up the dead kid from next door. <laughs> so the, the next trivia here, an animated short film, Tummy Trouble, starring Roger Rabbit, was shown in theaters with the film during its box office run. This cartoon also managed to make it on most of the VHS tapes, I believe. Uh, the copy I had in... Actually, I have a copy here still that has that cartoon on it. I just... I love anything and everything Roger Rabbit. He's so underutilized, and I love that for some reason they threw him on this VHS and in this original airing. They really were trying back then to make Roger mm -hmm. Rabbit a thing, and I think it was working. People liked Roger Rabbit, so I don't know why they scrapped it at some point. They really should have right. stuck with it. 
He could have been as beloved as Mickey Mouse these days. Anyway, so my last little bullet here. Chevy Chase and John Candy both turned down the role of Wayne Zielinski. Candy did, however, suggest that Rick Moranis should take the role. And this also happened when Rick Moranis was offered the Ghostbusters position. Huh. With John Candy offering him up instead? Yeah. Wow. John Candy, what a good guy. Yep. R.I.P. R.I.P. in peace. Freddy Shoot loves to cut class. Hates to do homework. Lives for summer vacation. Look, Freddy, you're a semi-charming guy and a real snappy dresser. You're just not the kind of guy I date anymore. Yeah? What kind of guy are you dating now? Oh, the kind who wears socks. And the only reason he hasn't been expelled yet. Grimy, do you know what I hate more than anything in the world? What's that? School. It sucks. It was the worst thing ever. Having a go home and do homework and then show up way too early in the morning and just like sit through and like maybe get stuck behind the smelly kid and it only got worse when the weather got hot you know like because then that smelly kid was disgusting you'd walk in the cafeteria every day and the food just stunk it was nasty and as bad as that was that was just regular school can you imagine having to do summer school man i did it once can't recommend it can't recommend it to anybody. I've never done it. Never done it. I'm glad kids, I never had to. Kids, do your homework. All right. You don't want to go to summer school because not only is it all those things that I said, it's that times 10 and your parents are mad at you because they had to pay 200 bucks to get you in there. Okay. So you can miss out Very on your true. summer. You know, you, you have to do all school school stuff. Not a good time. Not a good time. No, it is a good time. Grimy. What's that? Movies. Right? That's why why we're talking about movies. <laughs> <laughs> what if I told you, Grimy, there was a movie called Summer School, but it was way better than regular school and like a thousand times better than regular school? See, now I would believe you because I just watched it yesterday in oh, preparation man. for this show. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, wow. Funny how that works out, huh? <laughs> yeah. And I actually found out that not only did I watch it, I did watch it. <laughs> he did watch it. And he had seen it and didn't even realize that he had seen it. Maybe. I had. Possibly. So, yes, my second pick for my family-oriented screen is Summer School from 1987, starring NCIS's, I think it's NCIS's, Mark Harmon, before he became uh, that Mark Harmon. <laughs> yeah, you got me. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, I picked this movie because it's slightly more mature. So it's a little bit more mature than uh, the Goonies movie, but it's still okay for kids to watch. All right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's borderline. It, it has some like adult moments, but it's not so bad that like a kid would be like, wait a minute. That's not supposed to be in there. We exactly. shouldn't be watching this. Exactly. And I'm proof of that because I also grew up watching this movie. So in my summer, my summertime, I was watching The Goonies and I was watching Summer School quite a bit. But I did think that it was the appropriate choice to put as the second film because, you know, maybe some kids aren't going to be down with this or maybe they'll fall asleep by certain by the time certain things happen in the movie. And, and that's OK. But it's still a great yep. watch for kids and for the adults in particular. Um, so let me uh, give you a little little background, okay? So Freddie Shoop, okay, this is Mark Harmon, that's his name. The gym teacher has to teach remedial English 
in summer school if he wants tenure. Okay, so this is a whole career thing for him. If he wants to get tenured, he has to teach summer school in a subject that he's never taught before. Again, because he's a gym teacher. As he can only teach gym and his students want fun, emphasis on field trips, until he's fired unless all the students can pass the test at the end of summer school. So that's the whole thing. If he wants to get tenured, he's got to actually teach these kids a subject that he's never taught before. And uh, as long as they pass, he can have his tenure. And the, the principal is gunning for him this whole time and hoping that he fails. And uh, man, so... That's the basic uh, plot description here. Um, it's just a fun, fun movie overall. Those of you who are listening, maybe you've never heard of this movie, but I can almost guarantee that most of you have seen Ski School. No relation, but it kind of does act as a fun sequel in a way, like a pseudo sequel. Both star Dean Cameron. All right. So oh, you wow. might you definitely know who Dean Cameron is. Uh, especially if you're a fan of an 80s comedy, but he's just like your typical lovable 80s goofball. Perfect. And Mm -hmm. his partner in this movie, he's one of the kids in the class, obviously. His name is Dave. So uh, Dean Cameron's name is Chainsaw. Chainsaw. So you got Chainsaw and Dave. And these are two kids who love horror movies. The Texas Chainsaw Mm -hmm. Massacre is their favorite movie of all time. They're just a bunch of goof-offs, and it's like a whole class full of... uh, There's a, you know, the foreign girl who you might notice from... the first is Austin, she from Austin Powers? Austin Powers, She's the first a lot movie. of vagina. A lot of vagina, yes, exactly. <laughs> I knew right away, I was like, this girl's hot. I was like, oh wait, that's that girl. Is that a fucking- lot <laughs> Yeah, I was like, oh my god. She so just she's- never ages, apparently. Exactly. So she's in that movie. Uh, other, other 90s and early 2000s people, especially if you're watching According to Jim, will notice that Courtney Thorne Smith is in this movie in a very prominent role as one of yep. the students. She just wants to surf, man. She can't be bothered to learn to anything. She just wants to surf. Mm-hmm. Um, and also screw her teacher. Yeah, that's the only <laughs> thing that really weirds me out about this movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that part, I got to that part and I was like, well, this got kind of weird. But yeah. Yeah, they kind of like sidestep it pretty fast, which is good because if they spent any more time on that, it's uh, it would be drug out. Oh it's yeah, a little a little totally yucky. Weird. Uh, there's also another kid, um, and I don't know if you noticed, but he's he's like the the mama's boy. He's kind of preppy and mm-hmm. like a doofus. Grimy, yep. did you notice who that was? I didn't know who it was actually. Who is that? That is the, that is the voice of Invader Zim. Really? Yes. Yes. I did not see that coming. Yeah, so it's got a pretty pretty stacked cast, pretty pretty eclectic, mm-hmm. and it's just funny, man. It's a it's a good time. There's just so many great bits and pieces. The one that always sticks out to me is again, I mentioned Chainsaw and Dave. They love horror movies, they love special effects makeup. That's their thing, right? Of course yeah. they're growing up in the eighties. They've got all this great stuff brand new from like Tom Savini and Rick Baker. Absolutely. Right. So they're growing up on these slasher movies. I can understand where they're at at this point. Right. They're, they've got all these great influences. So one scene in the movie, they need to scare off a substitute teacher and they make everybody up in the class with like 
uh, special effects makeup. So like one kid, that's the one that always sticks out in my mind is he's, his eyeball is hanging out of the socket and he's got a pencil dragged through it. (laughs) And then, you know, everybody else has all these other things. They all look like they've been murdered or something. It sends the substitute teacher screaming out of the room. But, uh, after that scene ends, the kid with the eyeball, he, he plucks it off and he eats the (laughs) eyeball because it's a gumball, which I always thought was so cool when I was a kid. So this scene actually, like I said, I watched this before. Yes. Uh, but I didn't realize it. I was super young. But this is the scene and the following scene is what brought it all back to me. Okay. It was the, the, the brutal scene there. And then like directly after they go to their teacher who was fired or quit, right? He quit? I think he quit. Yeah. Right. They went to him on this beach and they're still dressed up in their like gore. Right. And the one girl, she has like a ruler stuffed in her mouth. So her like her mouth yes. is all like rectangular and it looks really, really good. Uh, I just remember her trying to say please with this crazy like makeup on. Preesh. Brought it back instantly. Yeah. And I'm <laughs> glad that you're mentioning uh, Chainsaw and Dave. They are definitely my two favorite characters in this in this uh, movie. It made me wish that I was in school again as soon as I saw their locker with like the giant pinup of Freddy and like all the, the different magazine clippings that were all tore out and just taped up. Oh, I just, it was just beautiful. Loved True. it. Really put me back in my feels. I get that. I get that. So you you brought up their locker, and I'm glad that you did. Did those mm-hmm. lockers look familiar to you at all, Grammy? They sort of did. Why don't you tell them where they're from? All right. So this same school uh, that they filmed summer school at was the school that they filmed The Karate Kid at. So a tie to one of your movies, which I thought was uh, pretty cool. I love how they recycle all these little uh, little things from different movies. It's so cool. It is cool. It is cool. And uh, just one last quick tidbit, I guess. Um, so that that scene where they all have all the gory makeup on, um, yeah. I guess uh, Carl Reiner, who directed the movie, you know, comedy legend, uh, he actually worked with everybody on the film and arranged for that scene to be shot around Halloween. So they actually shot the the take that's in the movie, I believe, on Halloween so that the all the kids could go off to Halloween parties and have all this really cool, gory makeup on when they went to Halloween parties that night. So I thought that was kind of cool. Imagine being able to go to a Halloween party and you have Hollywood-level special effects makeup on and you're just the envy of everybody in the room. Oh, yeah. That would be great. Uh, one little thing I wanted to add to the trivia here. When the teacher is sitting down in the office with the principal kind of like getting yelled at. Yeah. He's drinking a can of Diet Slice. Ah, Diet You don't really slice. get to see the whole can, but you see the top of it and you know it's Diet Slice right away. There is another scene just after the, the one girl had her baby and they're all sitting around together talking about the baby and she's like, yeah, I had it, but uh, I'm giving it up for adoption, so I won't be letting you guys meet it and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. They are all hanging out drinking New Coke. New Coke. I am so glad that you brought up New Coke because I don't have much left to say about summer school other than that it's a 10 out of 10. It's perfect for this drive-in. And if you haven't seen it, you need to absolutely watch it this summer. But Grimey, the movies are over from our first screen. I kind of want a snack. Time for some food? I think so. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. 
Let's all go to lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. All right, so we're at the snack booth. What snacks are you getting, brother? What snacks am I getting? Well, that's a really good question because I think if anybody knows, the drive-in is like the ultimate place to have snacks. Not because you can buy snacks from their overpriced snack shack. You know, that's one part of it. But you can also bring anything that you want and they can't stop you like the regular movies can. Wow. You know, I didn't even think about that. Like, it's like I said, I've never been to a drive-in before. So this didn't even register in my brain. Like, we steal snacks and throw them into the theater somehow. Yeah. But this is a new level. Wow. Yeah. Well, let me teach you my ways, young Padawan. Teach me. Okay. Teach me your ways. Because not only do you get away with bringing a car full of people to two movies for like 25, 30 bucks, depending on where you're going. Okay. That's beating theater prices straight off the bat if you're taking enough people with you. Yep. But right away, we always used to pack a cooler with us. Okay. And I mean, that thing was packed to the brim. And sometimes we'd even take a little mini grill with us. So I was just going to say, did you take a grill? Because sometimes, sometimes. Depended if we had already eaten or if we were getting there early, because usually you get there early because it's just a big open field. You know, maybe you throw around the Nerf ball oh a little God. bit, toss around a Frisbee or something, and your dad's off at, over at the car. He's cooking up some hot dogs. That's the most summery thing I've ever heard, I think. Like, yes. hanging out at a big screen, roasting some weenies over a fire. It's prime. You, you have to try it. You have to try it. And uh, now that we're back in this 80s mindset... We, we can get anything that we want at the Snack Shack, or we can bring anything that we want with us. So I like it. Here's a couple things that I would bring or buy, depending on what they had. You know, sometimes their selection isn't so great. So the first thing that I would bring back for my snack would be the Funny Feet Ice Cream Bar. Have you ever seen this? I haven't seen this. No, I haven't. Well... I did some digging because I said, what's some unique 80s snacks that I've never had or I've never seen before? And I came across this. So it's your standard uh, popsicle ice pop thing. What am I looking for? Ice cream bar? I think it's ice cream bar is what I'm looking for that you'd get from from, uh, an ice cream truck. But the thing about this one is that it's shaped like a cartoon foot. I'm not familiar with this one per se, but they made a lot of like foot-shaped ice cream bars very similar like this. What is this one called again? This one's called the Funny Feet Ice Cream Bar. The Funny Feet. All right, so I'm looking at one right now on uh, on Google Images, the Funny Feet packaging. There's also Freaky Foot, and the, one of the, probably the most recent one is Bigfoot, where it's the cartoon foot. Uh, it has two different flavors on it, it looks like, but the big toe is a giant gumball. Oh, that yeah. sounds awesome. Well, just really any right. foot shaped ice cream I'm bringing back here for this nice snack. I feel <laughs> like it just fits the vibe of a drive-in. The one that I'm looking at, it's like Pepto-Bismol pink. And yeah, yeah, man, I did see that. That is just very appetizing to me. You know, anything that looks Same. like Pepto-Bismol, I'm shoving into my body at a, a, a very fast rate. Okay. It's going in right <laughs> it's now. Go- it's going down the chute. <laughs> and uh, oh, I think yeah. what I'm going to wash this down with is a new Coke. 
A plus. A plus. Did you happen to get to try the the new Coke when it came out for Stranger Things? I did. I did. So while I've never had the Bigfoot ice cream or Funny Feet ice cream, I should say, I have had a new Coke before. And I have to admit, Grimy, I liked it a lot. Oh, there was a lot of controversy around new Coke uh, back in the 80s because everybody thought oh, yeah. regular Coke was going away forever. And I, I, okay, all right, I can sort of understand the outrage, but I don't know. I really liked new Coke. I thought it was pretty good. It sort of tasted like like an off-brand cola, but in the best way. I didn't get to try it. Mine, uh, I do have a can here full yet, but the other one blew up. Oh. <laughs> my floor got to try it in my basement. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah. That's so disappointing. I kept the can. The can's good. Well, I'll tell you what. If you go out and you get an RC cola, you're drinking the same the same exact drink. Okay. I'll hold <laughs> you to it. <laughs> so what about you? What are you getting over at the Snack Shack? So I am a buttered popcorn and slushy kind of guy. Fair. But since it's the 80s... And I have this opportunity to go back and get something really, really cool that I might not have tried before. Mm-hmm. I'm going to probably go with, uh, what's, uh, maybe the Oreo Big Stuff. You know what I'm talking about? It's I like know what a, you're talking about. ice cream sandwich sized Oreo cookie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've seen pictures of the thing. It's, uh, it's big. It's kind of massive. Yeah. I would love to try an Oreo Big Stuff. They just look amazing, sound amazing, and I love Oreos. What's not to love about a giant Oreo? That's true. Then I'm going to need something to drink, and not that this really goes hand in hand, but uh, I'm thinking I'm going to go with Hubba Bubba Soda. Again, something I have not been able to experience. I love bubblegum. I love bubblegum flavored drinks, like the Jones Blue Bubblegum Soda. Love it. If it's anything like that or better, I'm probably going to be all about it. That's fair. That seems like a good pick. So, Hell yeah. Well, we got our snacks. Let's get back to the scenes, bro. Yeah, I'm game. Let's head on over to the adult side. I hate to say this, but Bernie, it appears as if somebody's trying to defraud the company. Gentlemen, this is good work. Very, very good work. How would you two like to come to my house at the beach? The man absolutely loves us. Don't kill them while I'm around. Forget the accident with the two guys. Take care of Lomax. Ow! Ooh, what was... So the first movie on our adult screening will be Weekend at Bernie's. Uh, you watched this one before? Yes, I love this movie. Weekend at Bernie's? So good. Utter classic. But I understand why you put it on the on the adult screen. Not many kids know uh, a lot about insurance salesmen. So. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. It, it is. I mean, I watched it as a kid a couple of times, but it's definitely more on the adult side. Yeah. So a brief description it's a 1989 black comedy film directed by Ted Kocheff, written by Robert Klein. The film stars Andrew McCarthy and Jonathan Silverman as young insurance corporation employees, Larry and Richie, who discover that their boss, Bernie, is dead after they arrive at his lavish beach house. His lavish beach house. Lavish beach house. While attempting to convince people that Bernie is still alive until they can leave to prevent them from being falsely suspected for causing Bernie's death, they discover that he actually ordered their own assassinations to cover up his embezzlement. So, yeah, not so much something a child is going to be interested in. A lot of fraud. A lot of fraud going on in this movie, both about uh, living people and also about insurance claims. So... (laughs) Hey, Daddy, what's fraud? (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, son, that's what I'm going away for for about 20 years. You'll find out soon enough. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) So basically, two dudes struggling to keep their dead boss appear alive while they're partying with his carcass on a beach. A plus. A plus. A plus. A plus. Yeah, on on paper, that description makes it sound so so boring or so dull almost, and it's anything but, really. It's just like the biggest beach party movie going. It is, yeah. It deserves to be in this drive-in event for sure. Absolutely. Um, I can really relate to these people in general, like Larry and Richie. I feel like I can relate to these people in the beginning of the film where they're like, they're constantly at work. They're trying to find this missing money. Mm-hmm. Um, and all the while they're struggling and like sweating their ass off at this uh, this office building and they just want to be at a beach, you know? They just want to be enjoying their time. It's beautiful outside. And there's a part in the movie where Richie or Larry is like, all right, fuck this. We're going to the beach right now. And they're running, they're running. Richie's running after him. He's like, no, no, we can't go to the beach. Like, We're going to the beach. Grab your things. And it cuts to the scene of them being on top of a building. And it's like excruciatingly hot yep the uh the tar on top of the building is melting there's a kiddie pool and larry's making his way to the kiddie pool his shoes his converse sneakers are like stuck in the fucking this just mucky mess of tar that's all melted all over the place it's just oh i feel for these people they're struggling and i just really feel for them i get it they're your people you know they're going through Mm -hmm. it all the while some fat cat is sitting at his beach house dying Trying to get them killed. Absolutely. They eventually get there. It's a good film. <laughs> they get there. It's a good film. <laughs> yeah, it is. I'm surprised that it has, I don't want to say a cult following, but like a lot of people remember it. It comes up in random situations, I feel like, pretty easily and normally. Absolutely. Uh, it's just it's just a good time. and 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 mm-hmm. it's one of those... Movies where it's so bonkers, and I feel like most times those movies that are as bonkers as this go so far off the rails, or they never fully like, they never fully embrace how bonkers and stupid it is. This movie is not like that. It is just so dumb and so fun, and they know that it's so preposterous, and it just couldn't happen the way that it's happening in the movie, a situation like this. And they just have fun with it, you know? And Bernie, for being a dead guy. Is the most emotive dead person I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. The facial sure. expressions alone are worth watching this movie for. Oh, I love the part where they're like stapling his toupee back on his head. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. Oh, my God. So good. Uh, my favorite part is when they've got him rigged up uh, one morning out on the beach on the uh, the lounge chair. And like he, mm-hmm. they, they've got the rope tied to his wrist so that they can oh, yeah. be like 20 feet away and have him waving at people uh, yeah, yeah. That, that's always cracked me up mm-hmm. uh, kind of ferris bueller-esque what well, the beginning yeah. of ferris bueller where they've got the uh the mannequin set up he's got it set yep. up to make it look like he's sleeping and don't come in his room totally so i really like going and finding out little bits and pieces about these films in like the uh the early processes of them um and finding out who they were going to have play these other parts. Yeah. Now imagine this if Corey Haim and Corey Feldman took the leading roles. Oh, if this would have been was... a two Corey's movie? Yep, it oh, was supposed to be. Dude, that would have been so good. I mean, I love what we got, but holy cow, yeah. two Corey's weekend mm-hmm. at Bernie's? That would have been their yeah. magnum opus. 
Yeah, this yeah, this is a rare occasion where I feel like it would have worked. I don't know what age do you think they would have been at around this? They'd still be pretty young, right? Uh, like they would have been kids, right? Yeah, they would have been real young. They probably would have been like early to mid teens, so Yeah. So younger than the cast that they already had, right? Yeah, yeah, they'd have to change the story a little bit uh, away from the whole insurance salesman thing, but uh it would have worked. I think it's a basic right. enough premise that they could have tweaked it and it would have still been fine. Did you know that the original working title was Hot and Cold? <laughs> no, that's actually also a pretty good uh, alt title there. It, it's it's a good pun. The The beginning of the film actually has the song that was inspired for the original title, Hot and Cold. Really? It does, yeah. Wow, okay. So maybe they changed it at the last minute. Yeah, absolutely. And oh, <laughs> I thought this was kind of funny. Despite the film's title implying... An entire weekend at Bernie's, the movie depicts the characters arriving on the island at 6.30 p.m. on a Friday, and the movie ends around late afternoon, early evening the following Saturday. So I'm suggesting a new title be a bit under half a day at Bernie's. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't quite roll off the tongue as well, I suppose. No, no, not so much. (laughs) People, please, if we don't stop this, Come on, what? What? Always do the right thing. All right, so I love your pick for Weekend at Bernie's. That's one of my favorite summer movies of all time. My first pick for our adult screen is taking it in a little bit of a different direction. I'm choosing 1989's Do the Right Thing, directed by Spike Lee. So this one, it's not really funny. Uh, though it has its moments here and there. But I just love this movie because it takes place on one of the hottest days of the year in Brooklyn. And man, you can feel the heat on the screen. I know that you watched a little bit of this oh, yeah. movie the other night. You get that vibe? I did. Yeah, I do. In fact, I felt like I was watching a live action adult Hey Arnold if the episode Heat was filmed as a movie. Fair, fair. Okay. Yeah, I can totally see that. Great episode, by like the way. Like, all the uh, different stereotypes. Like, they have every black, Hispanic, Italian stereotype you can think of in this film. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and they play it up a little bit, obviously. And I think that was kind of the point, because they really wanted to mm-hmm. drive home the idea of the diversity in the neighborhood. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Uh, which is, it's cool. And I mean, it's it's of its time, but it was also sort of ahead of its time, because it's sort of almost feels like a modern movie like it has a modern message which it does. i don't know what that says about our modern society that you know <laughs> these things still apply uh 30 years later maybe we should work a little bit right. harder here but uh all that aside i think my biggest takeaway from this movie other than the message which is kind of uh important and and everybody should watch this movie i think at least once uh it's the fashion, man. This this movie is like <laughs> the most 80s fucking hip-hop streetwear movie going. It is. It's so yep. good. There's a, a part in the movie where they're, they have the fire hydrant scene there. Yep. And this guy has this like cut off, it's like a public enemy tank top. Yep. And I was just like, yes. 
And Public Enemy, by the way, is playing the majority of this movie. Yeah. It's so like right off the bat, right when it starts, Public Enemy, and I was like, okay, this is this is yeah. a movie for yep. me for sure. Yep. One of the major characters, uh, Radio Rahim, he's walking around the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. He's got the boombox on his shoulder. Yeah. He's got the uh, uh, that like the the square the square top the, the flat top got haircut the, the flat top yeah. eraser. They've hair. all got their like eighties uh, Jordans on and and Nike Airs. <laughs> Man, like the wardrobes in this movie are just outstanding. Like I know. Yeah. It was what they were wearing back then, but like being a fan of that, I think both you and I, we just like, we love that style and that look like this movie is dripping in it. Oh yeah, absolutely. If I could compare it to anything, it would be white men can't jump. Yeah. Like the attire is just very of that time and it just, it feels good to see something like that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it's weird, man, because I, I I love the idea of a city, but I never want to live in a big city, <laughs> you know? Right. Oh, yeah. So yep. so this movie kind of gives me everything that I want. It gives me that feeling of living in a, in a big city in a time era where I'd want to be living in that big city, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah. It wouldn't be the same now, for no, sure. It's yeah, not. Very different not now. All. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, like I said, it, there's just a lot of characters here who – who are really good and I just I just love them and I, the beautiful thing about it is like they all have their flaws and they show it on on the screen they're not trying to put any rose colored glasses on and make it seem like oh well but it, it's endearing it's like no sometimes these people are really shitty you know like oh yeah yeah it's raw absolutely uh Danny Aiello uh and, and John Turturro uh, they 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 own the local pizza shop that Mookie Spike Lee's character works for as a delivery boy, and man, they are like the most Italian Brooklyn guys going, you know. And they're assholes, yeah. but like they also have a little bit of charm, you know, to them. Kind of like Tony Soprano, yeah. where where at a certain point, mm-hmm. you like you hate that you love them, but you do, kind of a thing. Um, Ozzy Davis as as the mayor. Uh, walking around, he's, you know, he's just so charming in that movie, but he, he's a drunk like that. There's no way around it. Like that's, yeah. that's it, man. He's just <laughs> like, he's looking for people to give him a little bit of work so he can afford to buy a beer to walk up and down the street with. And like, he's happy to do it. Yeah. Like that's, he's happy to live that life. And it's just like a little bit of a slice of life, but it also has something more to say than a slice of life. Like I, I know a lot right. of slice of life movies, they sort of just, end like they peter out and you don't really get like uh, like a a substantial conclusion this sort of has a substantial conclusion it's 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 interesting because like you're left knowing that things need to change but you don't get to see what those changes are you just have to accept that like hopefully in the future there's a better future ahead because this movie really comes to a big head at the end um and and i don't know i just think for like like i said just sort of wrap it up like it's just kind of a perfect summer movie uh, just because of that heat. And like I said, you know, you get to see things like you mentioned, like the the fire hydrant scene, which is just like really nostalgic, even if that you never did that. Like I never did, but it just it just feels nostalgic, that whole fire hydrant scene. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm really glad that we're able to watch it again tonight because I didn't get to finish it last night. <laughs> well, you're going to you're, I think you're going to like how it ends. It, it, it's it's really good. But uh, so, yeah, this one. With all the loud hip hop movies, uh, music playing throughout it, 
it's going to keep you awake. It's going to wake you up. It's going to uh, get you set up and ready to watch your, your next movie that I'll have to play after this. Send more cops. It worked in the movie. Well, it ain't working now. Bring in the movie line. It's not a bad question, Bert. It's not a bad question, Bert. It's not a bad question, Bert. Do you the return of the living dead. All right, so my last pick, our buddy Zach actually wrote a beautiful retro review for this one a couple of years ago on the It's Dem Boys page, so be sure to check that out if you haven't before. It's really, really good. He put a lot of heart into it. And I'm talking about none other than the 1985 horror comedy Return of the Living Dead. Yes. One of I love this my movie. all-time favorite movies. It's debatable if it's just a quote-unquote summer film. But this does take place during the 4th of July weekend. It does, so it counts. In the majority of the film, people's faces are fucking covered in sweat. (laughs) And I feel for them. (laughs) And not just because they're being surrounded by zombies and they're trying not to get eaten. It's like 95 degrees out and humid. Yeah, definitely. When when you mentioned that you could feel the heat in your last pick, like I feel it in this film. Every time I see, like, a person's face, it's just, like, melting. That's fair. <laughs> There's a handful of movies like that. This, Do the Right yeah. Thing, and my ultimate uh, uh, example of that, Predator 2. Because Predator 2, you can fucking feel the heat coming off oh, that yeah, screen, you're right. man. Mm-hmm. Agreed. So, the film tells the story of how a medical warehouse owner, his two employees, a mortician friend, and a group of teenage punks deal with this accidental release of a chemical called trioxin that produces a horde of unkillable brain-hungry zombies onto an unsuspecting town over the 4th of July weekend. So these two employees are in the warehouse. One is being trained by the other, this teenage punk. He's showing him the ins and outs of this medical warehouse. They get to talking about the weirdest thing he's ever seen in the warehouse, and he starts telling them about how the Night of the Living Dead actually happened. Uh, with a few minor details flipped so they could avoid getting in trouble by the government. He tells them that somehow a few of the bodies that were stashed in these containers made it to their medical warehouse. They go down to the basement to look at these, and the punk kids like, don't this like leak at all? Is, is it sturdy? And he, the other guy slaps it on the top. He says, oh yeah, it's real sturdy. And it just starts leaking. They pass out and this starts this madness of zombies basically. But yeah, like I said, is it a summer film? I think I'm it calling is. it a yeah. summer film. Uh, yeah. I think <laughs> that's kind of the beauty about this movie, man, is that it, it, you can watch it whenever you want. You can pop it on on Halloween. You can pop it on uh, in the middle of the summer because it does technically have that tie to July 4th, like you just said. Right. Plus, there's a scene where uh, Trash, played by Linnea Quigley, where she's fantasizing about the worst ways to die. She just starts tearing her clothes off and dances around naked in the cemetery. I mean, if... Can't do that in the winter. We can't dance around. Yeah. If you can't dance around naked in a cemetery during the summer, what can you do? That's true. Yeah. You're not you're not doing that in January uh, on the East Coast because I assume it's on the East Coast. But Right. And this, this movie, it has an absolutely amazing soundtrack, uh, most notably the Cramps track, Surf and Dead, which also easily fits into any summertime playlist. True true and it's it's just a fun film like i mentioned it's a horror comedy which happens to be my favorite genre of film it isn't afraid to admit that it's not like a super serious film but it does have like 
some kind of serious nuggets in between there. Like, I think that all the, the characters were done really good. Like, most notably, Tarman. Yeah, I think that was one of the craziest looking zombies in the film. Definitely has a fake voice over top of it. It's just, it's kind of beautiful how it worked out. Between that and then the uh, the rotting zombie, it just, I don't know, they did a really good job. Like, I when I first watched this, I didn't expect it to be as serious as it was. Right. Like I expected to just see cheesy right. the whole nine yards, you know, but it wasn't. It was done really, really well. Absolutely. I was actually just talking about that scene with the rotting zombie the other day. I was trying to sell somebody on yeah. this movie and uh, I was like, no, it's really good. Like it's got some really funny parts. Uh, you know, more brains calling for, yeah, uh, you know, yes. and send more, send more cops or whatever, you know, like send that, more paramedics, paramedics. <laughs> there we go. Uh, but like that rotting zombie, like, yeah, there's a really great balance of like really tragic and really funny yeah. because man, that mm-hmm. is tr- like tragic. Her oh, sort yeah. of going into detail about how like existence is pain and it's just yep. like, horrible being her you're like holy shit wasn't i just laughing two minutes ago (laughs) yeah this movie actually like terrified me as a kid and still like to think about it when you sit and you think real real hard about this like it still terrifies me these zombies that are unkillable and basically unstoppable and you don't die like they still kind of seem like they retain their like their personality on the inside yeah, you're just, just a, bit, yeah. a rotting corpse, but still somehow living. Like, oh my god, that's fucking nightmare fuel. If it I ever heard it, it is nightmare fuel. But yeah, I don't know what a, what an absolutely crazy movie, man. With the punks and everything, it's just yeah. The punks are like the spinal tap of this movie, where it's like turn yeah. it up to eleven. Like, let's mm-hmm. not make accurate punks. Let's just make them absolutely insane, like caricatures of right. punks, yep. which is so great, you know. But that's everything mm, about is. this movie. It's just it's just really great. And uh, I'd also like to note that you're wearing a Night of the Living Dead hat right now. I don't know if you realized that or if that was intentional. Forever but. and always wearing this fucking hat ever since I bought it. Oh, my favorite hat. So I think this movie and the, the Dead series, it uh, probably just runs pretty deep for you. So good Agreed, pick. Yeah. So on to the trivia. This is the first zombie film to depict zombies running. It's also the first movie to depict zombies being unkillable. And it also invented and popularized zombies eating brains. Before, it was just flesh. Yeah. It wasn't just specifically brains. This movie is specifically the brains. For sure, sure. I think it's important to note the uh, the running bit because everybody likes to think that the Dawn of the Dead remake was where that originated, right? Because right. that was the the big thing in the 2000s with all the zombies is that, oh, man, oh, yeah. zombies are scary because they can run now and they've never done mm-hmm. that. It's like, uh, no, they did that 20 years ago. Thank you, Return of the Living Dead. Oh, yeah. Shit, I remember. That's just a giant pissing game. Like, I remember when World War Z came out, they were like, did you see them? They're super fast. And I'm like, yeah, but like 28 days later, yeah, this this happened. They, they did that. That's and, true. But it's, it's happened so many times. And... I know I brought this up. This probably isn't even like the very first one. <laughs> I mean, who the fuck yeah, knows? well, IMDb sometimes their trivia is a little wonky, so who yeah. knows? So this last little bit here I thought was pretty fucked up. Some of the zombie extras were paid bonus to eat real calf brains in the film. 
Dan O'Bannon didn't want the actors to do anything he wasn't willing to do himself, so he ate raw calf brains first in front of them to show them that he wouldn't ask them to do anything he wouldn't do himself. Ugh, man, did they at least get to season it or something? Like... I doubt it. Ugh, a little soy sauce, a little wasabi, pretend like it's some sashimi or something? Sashimi? Oh, God. (laughs) Calf brain sashimi. That's pretty gross. (laughs) I don't think you'd ever catch me eating any calf brains. Poor cows. (laughs) (laughs) Michael and Sam have just moved to Santa Carla, California. They're about to discover its secret. Notice anything unusual about Santa Carla yet? No. It's a pretty cool place. If you're a Martian. Or a vampire. Speaking of midnight movies, Grimy, this is my last pick, and this is the last pick of the evening. The last movie that we're showing at our 80s drive-in. 1987's The Lost Boys. Great pick. I just watched it today just to prep for this show. Yeah, I'm sure that's it. It's not like you don't watch it like every other week, right? No, I really do. I watch this <laughs> movie so fucking many times. And like, just like our last pick, this is another one where I have to watch it during summer. Like, I don't watch it during yep. Halloween. I don't watch it any other time. It's specifically summer for me like there's a line you know absolutely well no it makes sense and when i see people saying that they're watching this for halloween it pisses me off it's like you are two months off now like you should be watching this in july this is a a july movie that we should be watching you know yeah i definitely cringe a little bit for whenever i see them types Mm -hmm. of posts same here uh yeah perfect summer movie and like i said it's a kind of a perfect midnight movie mainly because the whole movie takes place at night okay we're talking vampires here so there can't be that much that happens during the day um so i also picked the lost boys as sort of a compliment to do the right thing because do the right thing you know it's kind of serious i kind of wanted to lighten it up a little bit uh but do the right thing is a very east coast summer movie right takes place in new york in Brooklyn, it's as East Coast as you can get. The Lost Boys, on the other hand, is the complete opposite. It's a West Coast film. All right? This right. takes place, I want to say, in Santa Barbara. Am I right about that? Car- uh, Santa Carla. Santa Carla. Santa Barbara, Santa Carla. Eh, same thing. <laughs> All the California <laughs> listeners are like, oh, well, time to shut the show off. These guys fucking blow. <laughs> Santa Carla, the murder capital of the world. The murder capital of the world. That's right. Um, Yeah, uh, just a quick little synopsis. After moving to a new town, two brothers discover that the area is a haven for vampires. It's just so good, so iconic. It's like the perfect blend of creepy and funny and a little goofy and badass. Uh, Yeah. This movie uh, actually is the first movie where the two Corys starred together for the first time ever. Oh, no shit. Yep. First movie, Corey Haim and Corey Feldman came together in this movie. Of course, Corey Haim is one of the two brothers that moved to town along with Michael. Uh, And Corey Feldman is one of the, in the movie, the Frog Brothers, which I love. They're just, they're they're so goofy. And Mm -hmm. Corey Feldman is in that weird, awkward uh, stage between being a kid and a teenager and he's always talking with a deep voice like this for some oh, reason yeah, it's it's donatello voice through and through i'm just <laughs> like wow that's crazy and 
uh yeah the frog brothers i would have loved to have been a frog brother chilling in a fucking comic book shop and warning people about fucking vampires all day (laughs) absolutely uh yeah i don't know man it's just such a good movie so of course they move into santa carla um and and the older brother starts getting mixed up with the wrong people with Kiefer sutherland and bill uh alex winter which i I love that it's just so good bill with uh, marco (laughs) with with a a permed mullet going on it's such such a vibe such an aesthetic i always hated that he had like only two lines in the whole movie. I know. It was kind of disappointing. But this, mm-hmm. I believe, was... Well, maybe it was before Bill and Ted. Before he had any sort of notoriety. I would imagine they probably filmed at the same time. So nobody probably knew probably who he was. Probably close, yeah. Right. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. So Kiefer, Kiefer Sutherland is really good, really creepy. Such an asshole in this movie. Uh, oh, yeah. In yep. the best way. He's just... He's like evil. You can feel it, man. He's so mean mm-hmm. And uh, he he's the head vampire that you just you know you, you you're like man this guy sucks like I I hope they kill him yeah. by the end of this <laughs> and uh, Jamie Gertz oh boy let me tell oh, you oh Jesus yeah mm-hmm. Woo! I had a crush on her when I was a kid let me tell you Jamie Gertz I still in this have movie. a crush on her yeah well in this movie though not like recent yeah yeah no <laughs> it was definitely from this movie but uh, mm-hmm. yeah so the whole point is that Michael. I know I'm like dragging on with this. I don't I feel like I don't even have to actually describe this movie because if you haven't seen the Lost Boys yet, like nobody listening to the show hasn't seen the Lost Boys. But and if you haven't, though, you're fucking up big time, big time. So either way, Michael gets turned into a vampire uh, slowly but surely. And uh, it's up to his younger brother, the Corey Haim character, to team up with Corey Feldman and the Frog Brothers and try to, like, drive the vampires out, you know, kill all the vampires. They're badass. All those vampires, they're riding on the beach. They all have, like, motorcycles and dirt bikes, and they're just ripping it up every night. They're living up. Again, dirt bikes on the beach. Hell yeah. What, see, Classic that's how 80s we, move. We got to bookend the episode with the <laughs> with the dirt bikes on the beach. <laughs> that's so summer. Um yeah. I just love like the visuals of this movie. I love the boardwalk. Mm-hmm. The boardwalk is like so vibrant and and cool and fun. And then like you're under the boardwalk and you're in the vampire lair, and it's just so yeah. like seedy and like vampy and very eighties. I just oh, I, I love everything about this movie. It's like a perfect yeah. blend, much like Return of the Living Dead, between being uh, a horror movie and a comedy. And like this also has the benefit of like being a teen movie as well and we all know right. that yep. 80s teen movies were the best agreed yeah and you can't forget tim capello how I could i forget believe. <laughs> how could i forget the sexy sax man himself tim capello he's a uh, he's actually coming to my town in a couple of weeks he's playing at the little rinky dink bar down the street I, I might have to go uh so yeah i mean one of the fun facts i had was this was like the first two Corey's movie um uh, the other one i found out and i've never noticed this but um uh, in max's video store in this movie you can see a single copy of the goonies which is incredible oh, no shit which is incredible because that would have to mean that Corey feldman in the lost boys is not Corey, you know what I mean? He is that yeah. character. But in that universe, there is somebody who looks identical to him that right. is Corey Feldman <laughs> and is an actor. 
Which is Absolutely. just incredible. That's a multiverse shit going on right there. God damn it, Doctor Strange. God damn it, Doctor Strange. Only other thing I'm going to say about this movie uh, has the best scene ever where it turns the rice into maggots. And oh, yeah. One of my other favorite movies, What We Do in the Shadows, takes inspiration from this. And yes. uh, they, they, they make everybody who comes in uh, into their home to have dinner before they get killed, he does the whole maggot snake thing, which I think is really oh, yeah. funny because he thinks it's a, a riot. So uh, The Lost Boys, 1987, perfect way to cap off a night at a drive-in. Great summer Absolutely. vibes, on a beach, at a boardwalk, spooky, funny, great way to end a night. Also, just to throw a couple more things in there, um, the video store, there is a giant standee of Once Bitten in the background. Oh. I don't know if you caught that. I saw that just this today when I was watching again, looking out for things. I was like, oh, I seen that. I'm sending you a picture of the next thing that I saw in the background, by the way. Um, there's a scene in the beginning where Grandpa is telling them to stay the fuck out of his freezer. Yep, right. There are some peanut butter boppers inside of his freezer. Okay, I'm looking at these. Oh, man, those look delicious. Yeah, yes. This is a real thing. This wasn't like a made-up product for the movie or nothing. This was a real uh, thing. They had a couple of different versions of it. Um, They look amazing. Creamy peanut butter and more. Fudge chip. So basically what this looks like is like a stick of peanut butter. I'm assuming kind of like a payday. <laughs> it's got to be like a payday yeah. or something. But instead of being rolled in uh, peanuts, it's rolled in these like Rice Krispies that are fudge and i would assume peanut butter flavor they look delicious i want them yeah oh man we should have brought these back for the snack shack good old creamy peanut butter's gone boppers gone crazy with chips got all rolled up and crisp peanut butter boppers it's creamy peanut butter a crispy coating and a whole lot more so that was our trip to the drive-in we want to thank you for listening. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Leftover Pizza Podcast. Also, are you a part of the club yet? Join us on either Facebook or our subreddit. Become a part of the community. Plus, you get a really, really cool free sticker that I worked really, really hard on for like two minutes. And Derek's also throwing in a beautiful welcome letter. <laughs> Absolutely free. I, I don't believe that you did this in two minutes. It looks beautiful. Uh, I cannot, cannot underestimate join the facebook group at least uh the subreddit i know people are kind of weird on reddit but the facebook group it's a good time man come it chat with us yeah it's popping we can we talk about anything and everything with you guys we talk about movies video games you can share pictures you know if you did a recent pickup of some really cool retro action figures or vhs tapes or maybe even grimy can take a couple pictures and throw it up there of what he found at the flea market that he mentioned at the be- beginning of this episode uh it's all up there, and we're all talking about it all the time. And you get a free Absolutely. sticker. Free sticker. We're, who else is sending you a free sticker just because you're listening? Nobody. Not one. Not a single person. So, yeah, join us over there. And Grimey and I were talking at the beginning of this episode as more incentive for you to join our groups, to join the Leftover Pizza Club. We're going to be giving away one of the movies that we talked about tonight from our uh, little drive-in movie theater experience here. So, 
Haven't decided yet. Maybe we'll let you guys decide. Who knows? Maybe a copy of The Goonies in 4K. Maybe a copy of The Karate Kid. It's up in the air right now. But you guys, if you want to stay in the loop and you want to win it, head on over. Become a member. Join the club. And I can't stress this enough. If you haven't yet, please, wherever you're listening to us, comment, rate, review, all of that stuff really, really, really helps us and we appreciate it greatly. Absolutely. If you want us to keep sending out uh, stickers and welcome letters and giving away movies, we got to have it. I need five stars. I need praise. Praise me. Oh, God, please praise us. We are so desperate for attention. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me. Look at me. <laughs> uh, well, this was fun, Grimey. I had a great time. Yeah, me too. This was a lot of fun. Uh, I wasn't born in the 80s. Didn't live that Unfortunately, this uh, this helped, if anything. It helped, yeah. We got to live vicariously in the 80s for a night, which is, you know, all we can ask for at this point. Yeah, it's a win-win, especially on a Sunday night where I'm, you know, the Sunday spookies are settling in. Oh, no, he's got the Sunday scaries. Oh, God. <laughs> and with that, I am Grimy from Retroplasm. And I am Derek from itsdemboys.com. And a member... A proud member of the Leftover Pizza Club. And you have just listened to the Leftover Pizza Podcast. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Hey, you guys! Do the truffle shuffle. They got chocolate. They got banana-rama. They got rocky They got blueberry ice cream. (laughs) All right. They're worms. That was good. (laughs) Won't give out Won't give in This is our This is our sin But I still believe Still believe Through the pain Through the grief Through the lie Through the storm